Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate Teen Mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi guys, welcome back to Feathers in My Hair. A big exciting week. At one point I hit 170 out of 200. Well, I mean, out of more than 200. But on the top 200 for podcasts in, I believe, TV and film is the category. And that was super exciting. I just want to thank everyone so much for listening. I've been getting, I got like a ton of new listeners this month. So if you're new, thank you so much. I appreciate it. It's crazy to think the amount of people that are listening to me are and like it's it's just insane but this week I want to welcome back Feathers in My Hair All-Star is this your third go around it is my third go around so excited to be back do you want to introduce yourself yes my name is Jessie um and I am I would say maybe a third in line to knowing everything there is to know about Teen Mom, you know, right behind you. I'll give you number one spot. Thank you. Who's number two? <laughs> I don't know. See, I don't want to. I don't want to give myself the second spot. I'm trying to be, you know, humble and believe that maybe there's someone in between the two of us. Our that girl, has, uh, um, my girl Stas Anastasia Moore knows quite a lot about Teen Mom as well. I would. I would We're going to give her number two. I would say there's like a gaggle of us, like about 10 of us that are all pretty even Stevens. See, I never want to believe um, anyone else has so much time on their hands to do this type of shit. I but know. I will say that there is another person. It's pathetic. It like <laughs> No, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> so we watched... Bean Simon, finally. Both of us watched it today, and we both hated it, for lack of better words. I turned it off, and Jesse was like, no, there's, like, one more scene that's worth watching. And so I I powered through it. But what the fuck was the point of that? It It's so crazy that they even allowed that, because it was, I would say, 90% Farrah, 10% Simon talking about Farrah. Yeah. I mean, Simon had tweeted something like someone was like, why don't you narrate? And he said, I have to find what he said, but something about bosses not, not narrating their own. It made no sense what he said. It made no sense. And for someone who talks so much shit about MTV, Simon really seemed to like being on MTV enough to film a fucking special. He loved it. He enjoyed it so much. It was just boring. It, it was so boring. I will say that there were some interesting like insights to Farah because we don't get Farah very often without Deb. That's very true. similar to Janelle. It's a lot of Farah reacting to Deborah, and it was her personality is so much weirder than I think it is. She's very childlike, and I I don't know why I'm just, like, strongly feeling that way, 
but after seeing the being Simon episode, it made me realize um, like how much he's like trapped in like arrested development basically. So Simon says he didn't narrate it. I can't find the funny tweet at this exact second, but he says he didn't narrate it because he quit the show, but Farah and family (laughs) and Simon were just on a trip that MTV was on. So I really don't believe him. (laughs) I don't believe. No, not at all. That he quit the show. He, He really enjoys it. I found Farah to be semi-tolerable in this, I guess. I. Th- you take that back. Take no, it back. I like... No, I'm just kidding. It's not that she's, like, intolerable. It's just... She doesn't have that much of a personality that's interesting if she's not being, like, awful. Yes. Yes. She... I just, I really, I don't know why I could just really see, like, how Farrah's brain was churning throughout this entire episode. Mm-hmm. Because, like, any position they put her in, you could I could see clearly what she was going to do and when she was doing it. I'm like, oh, Farrah, stop doing that. Like, when they were looking at the house and he told her that she could be his business partner, I was like, oh, she's going to pretend like she's been staging houses for 30 years. And I can't believe we did. were supposed to pretend like Fair is a real estate expert. I mean, that was, I texted you, that was HGTV level <laughs> shit. Like, if you watch one Saturday <laughs> afternoon of HGTV, you could have walked in. Farrah's like, this needs a new fence. Like, no <laughs> shit. No shit. Um, I don't care at all about Simon's friends. I did like when he went to go see, like, the family friends at the end of it, and we saw, like, a little mm-hmm. bit of culture. But his fuckboy, like, play hard or work hard play harder friends not interested simon is tweeting up a storm about would we like to see a house flipping show by him and farrah on hgtv and no i i wouldn't i wouldn't want to see that oh god i uh, no one should have to live through that i did i just really appreciate it when she first walked up to the house and (laughs) she just started listing things that were very obvious like, the house, like, if anyone hadn't seen it, she walks up, and it's a very small house. It's in Oakland. Um, they've emphasized that it's in a bad neighborhood, and you're, it's shocking to see Farah there. And there's, like, a hole in the side of the house. The roof isn't doing very well. There's, like, weeds growing everywhere. And Farah just starts listing off, like, things as if they're, like, groundbreaking she's like gonna need a new roof we're gonna need we're gonna need to move this trash out of the yard we're gonna we're gonna need a fence here and he's like yeah we will <laughs> and then the other guy is just like i cannot believe you're making me deal with farah during this segment yeah simon's business seemed- partner who did not seem thrilled to be part of this he also <laughs> simon also doesn't have that much of a personality i think just because he's always stoned he does better like tweeting from his phone than he does on camera uh farah has no idea what language he speaks because he (laughs) she asks him to speak to her in indian and also says get me a red dot on my forehead and have me spell smelling like spice which was oh my god a lot I, i mean Simon laughed afterwards, but it it wasn't great. It was it wasn't great to take in, and <laughs> it it was something. Um, to quote Farah, she asked, um, 
how do you say sure in Indian? And Simon didn't even look at her like she was the craziest person. He just told her, which I feel maybe is true love for the both of them, that he could look past that. I feel like Simon is probably used to a lot of people not understanding that Indian is not a language. And I get it's kind of like when people ask me, like, do you go to Jewish church? And it's it's not that it's offensive. It's just stupid. And I think that's probably where he's sitting but Baron and Simon have been fucking for two years now. Two years. And yes. she doesn't know what language his family speaks, which is, says a lot about, I mean, she thought he was Egyptian last season. So this is, <laughs> you know. <laughs> she, oh, yeah. When, when she was relating her, her experience, is after 9-11, which I actually thought that conversation was going into an interesting direction. And so, I don't wait, think I anything that you deep. Because you, oh, yeah. I asked you, do you think Farrah considers herself a person of color? And you said she mm-hmm. does, but I don't, I, that's definitely like the most reference to it we've ever seen, ever. Her like talk I, about being Lebanese, her dad being Lebanese. Yes, I feel like I've heard it some. I mean, yeah, like you mentioned last season, she said she was Egyptian. Um, but we know that they're Lebanese, but I feel like they've talked about it before. I, I don't know where I've gotten that information. Maybe I'm just like, I knew that from reading something, but I felt like she had talked about it before. Maybe in her book. Did you read her book? No, I did not read the bible but i i'm gonna get to Where's it soon. Tomlin when we need her who can like quote i us know <laughs> but yeah i will agree that that scene where simon talked about just like what being indian means for him mm-hmm. was interesting but the rest of it it was just dull like i don't care about simon's life i don't buy that he's successful I have definitely discussed this on the show that I think Simon is real estate rich, which if you don't know what that means, it's real. It's very easy to like fake being rich when you're a real estate agent because real estate agents get large commission checks and they get a lot of money at once. And so they'll go out and buy a fucking Maserati after selling a huge house and then not sell another house for a year and a half and be fucking broke. And this is like... Also, part of being a real estate agent, especially if you, like, want to work in high-end real estate, which Simon obviously isn't from what we've seen, but part of being a real estate agent is, like, projecting this image, and when you show up to meet a client, you have to be in a nice car, you have to make them think you're rich because you're selling them something, and so a lot of real estate agents are basically fake rich, and I just, I think that's Simon... He's just inauthentic to me. He doesn't read as an authentic person on TV. I agree. I feel like the thing that really bothers me about Simon is that he is very inauthentic and he knows that he's doing that, but he, I, maybe he thinks he's smarter and that everyone, like he's fooling everyone. Yeah. I'm just like, we, we both know that you're leasing some of these cars. You know that, right? Yeah. Agreed. So any other thoughts on being Simon? I can't, I can't really talk about it any longer because it was just nothing. It was nothing. Yeah. I don't think any, anything to write home about. All right. Let's get to the episode. The, what was it called? Like roller coaster emotions or some shit. 
Roller coaster of emotions. Um, it was it, it was a good episode. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. I want to start with Chelsea because I have some. I don't know if they're controversial thoughts. I can't remember what I talked about last week because I go into a fugue state when I record these. But we've literally been watching Chelsea talk about changing Aubrey's last name since her 16 and pregnant episode. It's, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't anymore with it. I mean, I'm going to change my name to Liz Bentley hyphen DeBoer at this point. I, they just really have nothing else for her to talk about. No, nothing. I feel like her entire season probably was like two days of filming. They've just been stretching her entire plot line across. And I am, I am shocked she gets paid the same amount as the rest of the girls because she brings zero interest to the, to the show. I mean, this whole episode was her taking Aubrey to school. And I want to point this out and I want to see how you feel is one thing that really grates me about Chelsea is how aware of the cameras Chelsea is, mm-hmm. but also pretends like she's not aware. And I just feel, I do feel like she loves Aubrey and she tells her these things, but I feel like she really plays it up when it's on camera and she perfectly times, like when she wants to have these conversations where she's like, like slightly off camera and she's like you know I love you and I'm so proud of you and I'm like, Chelsea really like you don't like you're just saying that you're not realizing that there's a camera right there and you know that that's gonna make you look good like I know you feel like that but it's just it's so forced to me and it drives me crazy about her I mean of course this is her her Pinterest life so we see Aubrey, you know, Aubrey starting second grade. She's a cute little outfit. It matches her rolly backpack. It's all very cute. It's cute. Just like all of Chelsea's stuff, it's cute. But, like, mm. I don't care about cute. I can look on Instagram or YouTube or whatever bullshit if I want to see curated cuteness. I just don't need it on MTV. And there was one scene that I liked when Chelsea picked up Aubrey from school and I don't think this was like her faking it and Aubrey was telling her she drew a fake animal that was a combo of other animals and I did think it was cute that Chelsea like knew it was a dolphin slash horse because she does care about her daughter and she does know her well and I just it was cute (laughs) I'll I'll give it to them I think I do think Chelsea genuinely loves Aubrey that much I also think she knows what to do in front of a camera so that nobody um nobody hates her yeah of course that's why she was so fucking pissed this season when they showed Aubrey like not being bad but like not being perfect which I miss that I miss her and Cole fighting on camera that was I was sold something, and then I got the last few seasons of Chelsea again. And last season, she ate a taco, and that was probably way more interesting than anything that happened on this episode with her. (laughs) So Chelsea Grace comes over, and did you notice Chelsea Grace's spray tan? Because it was rough. It was glowing. I need Chelsea Grace to do, you know, she's lost weight. She's got Botox. I think she got some veneers. I would really like Chelsea Grace to change her hair in her spray tan. Completely agree. She needs to dish the white blonde. 
Yes. She needs, I don't know what color she needs to go. Maybe, maybe a brown red, but she, her hair is, should not be lighter than her skin and her teeth are glow. Like they are pure white on the spectrum. They, everything, she's like very glowy and shiny. It's very jarring. Like her teeth look good, but her tan is so orange that they, it's, it's like Ross Keller when he got that spray tan and also the episode where he got his teeth bleached. Like, <laughs> yes. But combined. Yes. It's almost, it's weird, but it almost looks like she's not in her own skin. No, 100%. I completely understand it's like, what you mean. She's wearing like a skin suit. Like I yes. want, she, she's beautiful and I just need all of these things to be toned down. And by chance, if she ever listens to this, Chelsea, you got to stop with the spray tan. Yeah. Darker hair. You'd be great. I mean, they live in South Dakota. Like, you can go without a spray tan. <laughs> well, the thing, too, is, like, in Portland, tanning is a really, well, I wouldn't say it's a really big deal, but some there's, like, a tanning culture here because there is not a lot of sun. Mm-hmm. So some people, you do tend to see people, like, very orangey. And I wonder if it's, like, a very similar thing in South Dakota where, you have hard winters, so you have these spray ban- these spray tan beds. Or she needs to go like six shades lighter if she wants to keep spray tanning. But some something's not working, and I need to have a serious talk with Chelsea Grace about it. And they talk about the wedding, and Chelsea's like, "Well, we're gonna have an open bar and a good cater, so it's worth it for people to come, you know, like just for the reception." And I wanted to be like, Chelsea. Why do you think people go to weddings with ceremonies? Not to see the ceremony. <laughs> you go because you're fucking invited and it's a party. Yeah, I only go to get a slice of cake. No other reason. I I don't know what she thinks. It was just a weird comment. And also, yeah, I'm sorry, I... like, it's very... I think her fucking second wedding was tacky as shit. I don't buy that they're just calling it a reception. I wish you would fucking embrace her tackiness. You don't have a fucking bridal party at a reception. It's it's all strange. And I just feel like Chelsea wanted to have it all because she's never been married. Yeah, but which also, is fine. Which is fine. And just own what happened. And yes. I agree. I don't feel like she does. And I'm just like, you also have to realize, Chelsea, like, you're not the center of the universe. Like, it's okay if you didn't have a second reception, like, with a second wedding dress. Like, yeah. if that was anyone else, could you imagine? No. No. I mean, I get it. She had bought the wedding dress already. Like, they wanted to have this big wedding. I get it. But call it what it was. A fucking second wedding. We had a small yeah. wedding the first time. We want to have a big wedding this time. I don't understand. They should have done a little vow renewal. You know, for their guests. And then how to reception. Like, apparently Randy's been on Twitter, like, correcting anybody that's calling it a wedding. It was just a reception. It's a fucking wedding. You had a professional photographer. You had a seated dinner. You had an open bar. You had a tent. You had a wedding planner. You had a dance floor. You had a bridal party. That's a wedding. Why are we pretending like it's not a wedding? I want to know, too, because she was like, sometimes when people will do these things where they'll have a reception later, I've I've known a few people to do it. They don't have a full wedding dress on. Yeah. They have something, like, a little lighter on. So did she just, like, 
fucking walk in via wedding dress. Yeah, I want to see Actually, the whole thing. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, was she just there when her guest arrives? Like, yeah, I would just imagine sitting around in her wedding dress. Like, I would imagine they did a traditional style like announcement of the bridal party, and then like introducing Mister Mister. Well, not introducing, but probably like a please welcome Mister Mrs. DeBoer. So a wedding. A wedding. They did a wedding. <laughs> Yeah, when usually when people have receptions later because they elope or have a very small wedding, it'll be at like a restaurant. It'll be a luncheon, you know, and you wear like yeah. lighter things and there's not big announcements. They don't play an eight minute long video of how you guys fell in love. Oh, <laughs> I know. no, you know, I bet she did walk down some type of aisle. She won't admit to it. Yeah, but why, I... why would it? Why shouldn't she? You know, like, do it. You're having a fucking wedding. Have a wedding. It's just many reasons why I don't like Chelsea. Yeah. It's just, I, you know, I'm going to say, if this was Janelle, she would have had three weddings, like, if she could have. Because <laughs> she she lives her truth. It's an awful truth, but she lives it. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea lets Chelsea Grace know that she's going to see the lawyer tomorrow about changing the name. I wonder why oh. she even has to go meet with the lawyer. For a storyline, honestly. Yeah. Is she... yeah, and after she meets with her, she goes to meet with Brittany for lunch. Who, by the way, Brittany's pregnant. She announced it. Congrats to Brittany. Uh, Congrats. I think that's just very South Dakota. I think all her friends are 25 and getting married and having babies. Yeah, it's. It definitely is, and they're all on that stage, which is weird that we've watched the show for so long to see the set, you know, like... Yeah, their friends the... getting married and having kids. Yes, it's it's very weird. Yeah. Uh, Watson is saying mama, which is very cute. I was, like, surprised when he said it. I, did, I guess I didn't realize where in the timeline we were, <laughs> and I know Watson was... They were, he was born at the end of January, and this was probably in August if uh, Aubrey was going back to school. And when he said mama, I was like, whoa, Watson can talk already? But I guess it makes sense that he's starting to babble. I know. It actually shocked me, too, because I was thinking he was maybe, like, six months in that shot. I was like, whoa, whoa, I don't want Chelsea having a very smart baby. I can't. <laughs> He'll do I can't have that for her. her. <laughs> yeah, I can't have that for her. So we find out the lawyer doesn't think it's going to be, like, really difficult but she doesn't think she'll be able to get <laughs> apparently Adam's lawyer has a really hard time getting in touch with him. So Chelsea's oh, no. lawyer said she was going to reach out to Adam's lawyer and Adam's lawyer will try and get in touch with Adam, but that probably won't happen. So they'll just have to file a motion and have a hearing. I just think it's, it's too soon. Chelsea and Cole have been married for one year. So what happens if Chelsea and Cole get divorced in two years. I mean, Cole's not adopt adopting Aubrey. This is, this is another issue I have with her. And compared to everyone else, she works on a little longer of a timeline, but compared to the, just the regular world, mm -hmm. most people would think that's very fast. And like Cole is a great person. And I, I can understand why she would get swept up in that but there are a lot every like six to like 12 months Chelsea is completely changing something in her life and she hasn't let the dust settle yet and you know like 
to those times when you get bored and you like really get to know someone because everything's not changing around you. And that's just Chelsea's MO. She just like is like, you know, running at the speed of light with stuff and she's not even considering if it's a good or bad idea. And I can understand why she wants to change Aubrey's name because I did, you can tell that Aubrey also wants to feel included mm-hmm. and like that's always yeah but she Chelsea wants that's... to feel included because Chelsea talks about it all the fucking time yes that's the thing it's like Aubrey I don't know I don't have kids I was a kid that had a stepmom that I was close to and I didn't see my mom but I never asked to have or I guess I had my dad's last name but I, I don't know that never occurred to me but if my dad had talked about it then I would have thought about it. And I just think Chelsea talks about it so much that Aubrey does feel like that naturally. And if, if Chelsea never said anything, it probably wouldn't be a big deal. Yeah. And here's the thing. It's not, this is not an Andrew Lewis situation. Adam is a fucking loser. Adam is a deadbeat. Adam is not a good father. But the fact is, Aubrey's at the Lynn's house every other weekend. She knows she shares the last name with Grandma Donna and whatever her grandpa's name is. She knows she shares the last name with Paisley, her little sister. And, I mean, not for nothing, like, I've been noticing this since last season. Chelsea has a big-ass D hanging on the side of her fucking, on her wall next, did you notice that? Next to the door. They have that big D. And it's, of course. big D. (laughs) Of course Aubrey wants the last name DeBoer because it's everywhere. Chelsea's obsessed with being Chelsea DeBoer. It was a huge deal for her to change her social media names. You know, she made a huge deal about Watson Cole DeBoer and how the three of us are DeBoer. And it's like, yeah, not shocking that Aubrey wants that last name. And I don't, honestly, in the end, it's like, fine, hyphen it. Who cares? Everybody will be fine. Aubrey will be fine. I just think it's so fast. I, I just don't get what the rush is. Why can't they wait until Aubrey's like 13? And yeah. Cole, she's lived with Cole for like eight years at that point. She's mm-hmm. lived with Cole for like two years now. Yeah. I, like she doesn't know. Like you and I probably know each other about as much as Aubrey and Cole. Like like half the length, which isn't that long. That's a short amount of time. And like Chelsea's just acting like it's been 10 years. Yeah. And another thing is she wants to change Aubrey's last name, but... Why now? Like, why didn't she change it to her last name the last six years or have it hyphenated so that they shared a last name? If it's that important to her, if it was bothering her that much, the reason she wants to change it is because she's found a replacement dad. Yeah, and I think like, the I history... finally get him out. Yes, I think the history here also colors my viewpoint because the reason she did not change Aubrey Skye's last name to Huska uh, back when she could have during her 16 and pregnant when it, be, it would have been an easy process and mm-hmm. Adam was ready, willing, and able to let her do it was because she wanted to be a family with Adam and she wanted all mm-hmm. three of them to be Lynn's and she wanted to marry Adam. So I know Chelsea's like obsessed with this idea of like her family being like one matchy matchy last name. Mm-hmm. It's just something she's it's always been very important to Chelsea, which is why I'm like, stop trying to pretend like this is all Aubrey's idea. And she keeps saying like, well, it's just really important to her about Watson and her have the same last name. But I just feel like if it was really 
if it if this was not what Chelsea wanted, Aubrey would have stopped asking for it after like the second time of Chelsea explaining mm-hmm. why that wasn't going to be her last name, and it would have been dropped. Exactly, and oh man, I also you know what else I feel like is going to happen? I feel like they will hyphenate the name, and then Chelsea's going to conveniently leave Lynn off. <laughs> I just it's just yeah. gonna. Yeah, I forget, you know, she's like, oh, sorry, Aubrey, I keep forgetting you have two last names. Yeah. And then Aubrey's going to start doing it, too, and I'm going to put my money there. Yeah, and they keep being like, well, she just wants to be part of both families, and it's like, she lives with you guys. She only sees you guys. Like, oh. I think she knows. I'm like, I'm literally waving my arms right now because I remembered a, an important point that I made <laughs> during the week about this. Okay, so I have this thing. Nobody on the internet anywhere has said that Bentley Edwards should get his last name changed to McKinney. Never. This has never been. I've never, ever, ever seen this mentioned. I've never seen anybody suggest he hyphens it. But Ryan is essentially the same dad as Adam, right? I mean, basically. Yeah. They're really not that different parenting. But we see the Edwards. So we're emotionally connected to Jen and Larry Edwards. We see how much Bentley loves his grandparents. We see how much Bentley loves his dad. We see how much Bentley is an Edwards. So nobody, you and I, nobody would ever be like, Bentley should change his last name to Edwards McKinney. Everyone would be like, why would he need to do that? That's stupid. But this goes back to, and I've always thought this, the reason why Ryan is so much given so much more sympathy than Adam. I think the looks play into it a little bit, but it's because we never see Adam with family. So Adam has no human sides to him. We never see a Mm -hmm. humanizing side to Adam ever, but we constantly see one with Ryan. It's hard to hate Ryan. It's a little different now that we've seen like his mom enabling him, but for fucking seven years, you know, we would never hate Ryan because we see how sweet his parents are. And we see how much his parents love Bentley. So we know that Bentley is has a place in the Edwards family. But Aubrey's with the Lynns just as much as Bentley's with the Edwards. But because we yeah. don't see Aubrey interact whatsoever with the Lynns, we don't see her interact whatsoever with his parents. We're like, fuck Lynn, she should be a DeBoer. Yeah, that is a really good point. Because I would give so much to having a being Adam and to see his family. Yeah. That would be wild. Apparently because he has three brothers. His his mother's active in church. You know, we see that Aubrey goes to church with her. They care enough about Aubrey that they come and pick her up every other fucking weekend. And you have to imagine they're in their, probably in their 70s or 60s if Adam's the youngest of four. And they tote around their grit. They obviously love Aubrey. Obviously they love Aubrey. And we don't get to see that at all. So it's so easy to be like, why does she even need Lind as her last name? Fuck that. I I feel like the only thing we've ever heard about his mom has been through Chelsea and, mm-hmm. and Chelsea being mad that he's in, you know, she was enabling him, which I'm sure she was, but yeah. How good would it be though? If she came on screen and she pulls like almost like a Doris. Exactly. That's started how I imagine your- her. Like a heavier, nice, like white hair going white, just like loving, calm, mild mannered. That's how I picture Grandma Donna. I want it. I want it. I too. hope it happens one day. And you know what? 
I'm sure Adam's parents enable him and they're not perfect. And there have been times that they weren't supervising visits. And this is not me saying like Adam's parents should get custody of Aubrey. (laughs) I'm just saying that I think a big part in us as an audience, not fully appreciating what it means for Aubrey, not just to be Aubrey Lind anymore is the fact that we see her have no connection with the Lynn's because like I said, this is not an Andrew Lewis situation where Jace has never even met his grandparents. Yeah. I think half the internet thinks that Aubrey maybe just goes into a dark box for two days. <laughs> yeah. and no one supervises her and she has no grandparents. And um, then she comes out. I, I would say that's possible. <laughs> it's, it's like a projection. But what I hear you saying is that you're demanding Aubrey loses Lind as a last correct. name, Correct. Yes, okay, thank correct. You. What what you hear me saying is that I'm changing my last name and Aubrey's last name to DeBoer. Call me Liz DeBoer from now on. OLD, I will. <laughs> yeah, LD, I can be like Larry David. <laughs> yes, perfect. Perfect. Okay, let's go to <laughs> Leah now. Oh, God. Yeah, let's... <laughs> Let's move that sadness out real quick. It made me so sad. I like Allie. Allie is the key to my heart, and anytime she's upset, I am upset, and it ruins my day. And it's it's hard to watch those scenes. I have to admit, I am like totally a pawn to MTV's editing this season, and I am like episode by episode with Leah. And in some episodes, I'm like, this bitch is getting high. She does not have her shit together in any way, shape, or form. And then in another episode, I'm like, is Leah the best mom on this entire franchise? Yeah. It is. It's all over. And I am am constantly either thinking Leah's going to end up back in rehab or I'm like, whoa, (laughs) Leah's really done something. She's growing up. What is going on? Someone made a Reddit post that was like, is Leah the most emotionally intelligent person on this show? And I was like, no, you fucking idiot. And then I'm watching and I'm like, is Leah the most intelligently emotional person? Emotionally intelligent person on this show? Like, I think she is. Like, where am I? I? I'm all over the place because I am positive you can go listen to Feathers in My Hair from four weeks ago and I'm calling Leah a fucking addict that needs to go back to treatment. And this week I'm like, I don't know. Maybe she doesn't need any help at all. I think she's been listening to the podcast. She's been taking seeking notes. out help. <laughs> she's been taking notes. She got mentors. She's going to therapy. Liz, thank you because you've changed Leah's life. It's crazy though. Do you like? I I completely agree. I try really fucking hard not to fall victim to MTV's editing narrative because I dedicate my fucking life to who to like the behind the scenes and not listening to the not following their mtv's timeline and mtv's edit but they for the last two episodes man i have been i've been on team leah i yes i it it was very real i would be so shocked to hear that those conversations were fake and i think it's because ali and Aaliyah are like they're pretty well-spoken for their age out of all of the kids. I'm always shocked how well, like, how well they understand stuff. And yeah. I think Miranda just, like, talks to them a lot at their level. 
thank God. Like, yeah. I mean, Lee's doing it now it, more too, but I think that's always been something Miranda I've noticed is good at that. She like sits mm-hmm. on the couch, like eye level with the twins and talks to them a lot. That makes me so happy. Yeah. But like when she's sitting, like when she was sitting on the swing and talking to her, yeah. you could like kind of tell that even Leah was a little hesitant because she didn't know what she might say, but like you could just tell how heartbroken she was by it. And like, she wasn't even aware the cameras were there. I just felt like she lost awareness that the cameras were there and she had to like handle what was happening and it made it really real. And yeah, made me understand agreed. maybe a little more how her, her household works. And I'm like, I think she did a pretty good job of explaining both times to Allie and or to Leah and Allie, like their differences, but, Oh, uh, I definitely Leah. think that, um, Oh, I just totally lost my train of thought. It had something to do with talking to the twins, but, oh, I know. I can't remember if I talked about this once last week once again, but I'm 100% sure Gracie has watched early episodes of Teen Mom because they said, do you remember Leah said, was she all squished up, like, in my belly? Like, they used that <gasps> oh, exact phrase. I, because I remember it being, like, a sad, like, just feeling sad for them. When Leah, they would all talk about it and they would use that phrase. You're right. She did say that because when she said it, I why does it sound so familiar? Yes, I I remember the scene you're talking about. If MTV didn't take off all the old fucking episodes, I would insert a clip here of Leah talking about it in season one or two when they were first getting the diagnosis. But fuck MTV. Because, you know, Gracie just, like, goes up into her room. She doesn't really have a bedtime when she's at Leah's house and has her iPad and just watches whatever the fuck she wants and probably goes on MTV.com and watches old episodes of Teen Mom. Could you imagine that being your reality? Like, I had access to a computer when I was 10, and I would that would have been the first thing I Googled. I, yeah. I know myself. Absolutely. I mean, I was bad enough on the internet without being able to watch my parents on TV. Oh, God. Thank thank God for both of us. It saved us both. Uh, (laughs) Okay, so the family, well, the voiceover is really weird. They're like, we haven't found a therapist for Gracie yet. So in the meantime, we went to Florida. (laughs) You know, as you do. It's like, obviously, they went to Florida because they had a fucking family vacation. But it just, it was worded so weirdly. And we see our first scene is little Allie in the pool without her life jacket. And this is where I'm like frustrated with Leah. But then at the end, I feel like she did well. Because she's like, Allie, why don't you have your life jacket on? And it's like, okay, why was Allie allowed to get in the pool without her life jacket on? Yeah, I I think that's Leah's weakness. Is she's always right to call out. Lee, I mean, um, Allie for not having something, but in the beginning, she shouldn't even let yeah. Allie think that it's okay to do that to begin with. It conf- it's confusing for her. Yeah, like when I was a kid and hated wearing my helmet on my bike, I would like ride off from my house with my helmet on and then just take it off and like hang it on my handlebar. But it had to be on when I left the house. I feel like it's the opposite for Leah that she just like lets Allie do whatever the fuck she wants and then Leah's like oh yeah she has muscular dystrophy and like notices Allie's like drowning in the pool and she's like why don't you have your life jacket on and it just and I do think that creates a con like an issue for Allie because I think Allie from Corey and Leah 
gets really mixed signals about what she's allowed to do and gets frustrated. And the thing with kids is that if you, it's like, it's like when I'm babysitting and I trust me, I know I'm just babysitting, but if bedtime is coming up soon, I'm like, okay, we can watch one more episode of Paw Patrol, but then we're going to bed as opposed to halfway through Paw Patrol being like, okay, now it's time for bed because they don't know the expectations and then they have a meltdown. It's like you tell the kid, these are the expectations. Allie, if you want to swim in the pool with your sisters, you will have your life jacket on. Not when she's already in the pool having fun. You don't pull her out and put the life jacket on because then you have a meltdown. It's a good point. And what I'm, again, hearing you saying is that you know everything there is to know about parenting. Yes. Is that correct? That is exactly <laughs> correct. As somebody in my one of my reviews said, by the way, if you guys like the show, you should rate and subscribe it. You should subscribe to it and rate it on Feathers in My Hair on iTunes. But you should also do yourself a favor and read the reviews because some people fucking hate me. Like, really fucking hate me. And someone left <laughs> a negative review that I'm not going to pull up because it hurts my feelings. <laughs> you know, I, I really, I don't read them. But I let myself read them recently. And one of them was like, this girl knows nothing about parenting. And I finally had it out when she said, Leah, she should go to a support group for parents with kids with disabilities. Like that would help her. <laughs> like, how dare you give reasonable advice? That's how, what group therapy is, you? bitch. <laughs> but So, yeah, trust me. I know I'm a know-it-all. Guys, come on. Here's my thing. You cannot have a podcast where you talk to yourself for almost two hours every week with an occasional guest if you're not a fucking know-it-all. That's true. And I'm you're living your truth. I'm yeah. proud of you. Thanks. I'm also a know-it-all, so I um, see no fault in it. Also, it's just, it's basic. Like, you don't, and it's the same with adults. It's like, don't invite me to your house and then let me do something and halfway through be like, stop doing it. Because I'm like, shut the fuck up. That's rude. Or at work, I can't be at a company for two years and then they've changed the rules on me. And be like, well, now you can't do this. Because, no, that's not how we as human function. So, yeah. We get a kind of a funny clip of Leah trying to figure out if she's saying you're ingesting or digesting water (laughs) which i and i really liked her i was like that's me right there yeah and also like she was trying to say ingesting but digesting wouldn't be completely wrong there like she would have she would have been right either way which is a first for leah uh yeah she laughed I think Leah, this season, I will say, has seemed to have gained a sense of humor about herself that we haven't seen so much in the past. There was that time she peed on herself, and that was another time I really liked Leah. (laughs) And, of course, she basically drags Allie out of the pool because Allie doesn't have the energy to swim. Swimming is extremely tiring for a regular kid, and for Allie, it's... We had this, this issue last season, remember, when... Oreo like threw her into the pool. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and sissy swam MTV right don't for count. it. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> oh god, MTV don't count as supervising. Yeah. So <laughs> Allie has a tantrum that was so fucking heartbreaking because Leah's like, well, Addie has to wear one, and she's like, but I'm not the same age as Addie. Leah's like, it's not about 
age, it's that you can't touch and anybody who can't touch has to wear a life jacket. And we got a, we got a really, a clear clip of Allie saying Gracie doesn't have to do it, which we don't hear a lot coming from Allie. Just like clear, like how come Gracie can do that? And I can't. And it was sad. It's I, at that moment, I think Leah and I realized that her, like, it's going to be even more challenging the older she gets. Yeah. I think Leah's definitely having, like, a holy shit. They're really, really aging differently. They're really developing. I think before it was all, you know, Allie learned to walk later, but it was, like, such a miracle she could walk. And the kids, the mm-hmm. twins weren't aware that they were walking at different paces. And now that the twins are aware, I think Leah and Corey are becoming so much more aware. Yeah, I just, I think I said this before, but it's just, I, it's the toughest situation since they're twins. Yeah. Just because it's the constant reminder, like, where she should be. Not where she should be, but no, where, where she, she should, should be. where she should be. Develop, like, there are certain developmental milestones that happen as a child grows and it's not bad that Allie isn't hitting them but it is a reminder that she's not hitting them yeah and it I think I think a lot of times like anything I criticize Leah about I don't understand like the depth of how sad what she's going through is Mm -hmm. and in that moment I like fully hit me Oh, I mean, I, I kind of understand, but at that moment, like, watching that, like, I wonder how many times a day she has to do something like that. Yeah. Oh, poor Allie. She, and she said, I want to be like everybody else because everybody else oh. gets to have it off. And this is, I mean, I've talked about it, that this is part of why they need to be talking so much about Allie having a disability why they really need mm-hmm. to be accepting that Allie has a disability because it's never going to be easy for her to accept. It's just not. No. It's not ever going to be easy for a kid or an adult to accept that they're different. And now's as good of time as any to be doing that. Yeah. And it's hard because she's the only person that they know that has this, yeah. right? Isn't that? Yeah. And it's she's just the only like child on top with of her with her specific muscular muscular dystrophy usually mm-hmm. doesn't develop until people are in their 20s and Allie's the only child in the world diagnosed it's an already rare form of muscular dystrophy and Allie's the only child to have been diagnosed with it ever so they don't have any idea what her life expectancy is because usually people live till they're about 50 but if they don't develop it until they're 20 what does that yeah. say they don't know how it will like her muscles will disintegrate they really have no idea because there's never been another kid with it I almost think that that fact that she's the only kid with it works against um Leah and Corey because I think they spin it in the other way like we don't know what's gonna happen and it's not gonna be good but they're just like there's no one to tell them any kind of guidelines. And yeah, I, the doctor can't say by 10, she will not be able to walk because in 97% of cases, people that have this cannot walk by 10. Like they can with most muscular dystrophies that, you know, they're variables, but at least they have an idea. With Allie, they don't know. They don't. And 
it's just it is a perfect storm for her of just bad choice not like not just her having children young and then mm-hmm. having another children after having like a child that has you know like issues that she needs having to attend Addie to was a, bad a horrible decision love Addie. glad she's here sugar packet baby but very like one of the most consequential children just because yeah. i think Le- leah can't handle it leah cannot handle it she keeps saying she cannot handle it and has no idea how to give them enough attention. And it's just, it's real. I mean, she had that baby, so Jeremy would stick around. And we saw how well that worked. Still going strong. <laughs> uh, on, so a, on a lighter note. Yeah. Real quick. I really loved our Delta Dawn making fun of lip. That's um, where I was going next. We get a scene yeah. of Delta Dawn like <laughs> pretending to be Leah in the Facebook Live videos. Delta I Dawn is it. Delta Dawn, Leah's mother, who we also know as Mama Dawn, but her full name is Delta Dawn. Delta is her real first name. I think she probably has fetal alcohol syndrome. I mean, oh yeah, that's rude. I should probably cut that because it's so rude. But you know, this I had to live in my truth. And You're living in the truth. She Leah like comes out, and Leah's friend and Mama Dawn are laughing hysterically because Dawn's like, "Ooh, my lip sense. Ooh, let me put this on." <laughs> and Leah's like, "Fucking quit it!" But I'm yeah. like, "No, Leah's like that's Go. gloss. It's not lipstick." And Dawn's like, "Well, I guess I'll be extra glossy." <laughs> I wanted like ten more minutes of that because that was beautiful. Where that is, is what I Mama want. Dawn? Where the fuck is being Delta Dawn? I she I cannot believe they didn't give her this sooner. Like, do they not remember when she gave the twins coffee when they were like two years old? She's a she's a character that gives and she deserves it. She deserves it. She'll perform for the cameras on TV and she should be rewarded for it. We would get some more Oreo. Ugh. You know, you guys know how I feel about it. Oh, we uh, need to write to them. They go, they play cards. Uh, her, the three adults are playing cards. And Leah really, in a healthy way, verbalizes how upsetting it is to see that the twins are not developing at the same pace. And that she really is upset that Gracie is upset and feeling left out and feeling a lot of guilt. But she's also upset that she can't totally be there for Allie at the same time. It's just, Leah really is either actively in therapy or she really paid attention in rehab and is really verbalizing her feelings well. I I, kind of have a feeling that she's in therapy because now they're talking about therapy. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like she wouldn't put the kids in therapy without um, having to be sold on it first. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I think she, I hope she is. She seems like she is. I, that's what I want for, I want Leah. I don't want that darkness around Leah because Leah, Leah's darkness is so much darker than everyone else's. And she's the one that I could deal with if she's a little boring, if like things are going well for her, because I want that. Like she deserves that. She's had a very, very hard, like eight years. (laughs) To say the least. Mama Dawn gives us the most beautiful line, which is, 
They're going to have to reach for the stars in different manners. We need her. I, like, my heart, my Grinch heart grew three sizes that day when I heard her say that. Because it's true. They're both going to be wonderful Mm -hmm. and they're both going to succeed and it's going to have to be differently. And I feel like it's really, I feel like Corey, Leah, Dawn, Oreo, Papa Jeff, Miranda, Isaac, Leah's brother, those are the main, Kayla, friend Kayla, those are the most important side characters in Leah, in Leah's world. I feel like everybody's about 54% of the way there. Where last season they were at 42% of the way. Before that, even yeah. less, of accepting that Leah, or excuse me, that Allie and Gracie are very different, and Gracie can succeed, but it's going to have to look different than how Allie, excuse me, I just switched their names, that Allie can succeed, and it's going to have to look differently than how Gracie succeeds. It's true. I concur. So the whole gang goes to bit, bitch gardens. <laughs> Bush gardens the next day. And it's cute. They get like a handy... Le- Gracie, I cannot fucking do their names today. <laughs> Allie, it drives me nuts. <laughs> Allie is, there are too many women. So they all have like the same, you know, it's like too many female names in one segment. Uh, and they're all A? Yeah, the triple A girls. Thank God they call Aaliyah Gracie or would be fucked if I was Thank saying God. Aaliyah and Leah. Ugh. Gracie is, is there with them because Allie is in her wheelchair. Thank God. And it's cute. Leah takes Gracie on a ride by herself and Addie and Allie have a little meltdown and Leah's like, nope, you're going to go over there and play a game and I'm going with your sister and was stern, but nice. And it's so cute. I can't believe how big Gracie is because she goes, she looks so scared and Leah goes, you scared? And she goes, I'm terrified. (laughs) It it got me. I loved it. That's a big word for a first grader. And she told her that. Yeah. Let her know. And I was like, Leah knows what big words are. But <laughs> I I could feel your your body relieving like like um like letting out a sigh when you saw Aaliyah in the wheelchair. I just could sense it across the country. Well you know like, my Dis- you know my Disney World issue where I saw her walking around. <laughs> I was like, there was one less scream from Liz this week when <laughs> finally I mean, a really- wheelchair. If you've seen, like, kids to the age of, like, seven riding uh, at strollers, like, oversized strollers at Disney World. Because amusement parks are hard. They are. I want a stroller. I mean, same for everything. (laughs) Another thing we need to get on. Yeah. So that was uh, Leah this week. And I thought it was nice. I'm, I'm proud of Leah. Next week, will she be high? The world may never know. We'll have to wait and see. I think she's going to get one more good at it. Yeah, I think so, too. I think MTV wants her to be good. Yeah, I do, too. Let's go. Should we go see our girl, our number one, next? Oh, I'm ready for baby girl. Okay. Let's go to Wilmington, North Carolina to see one Janelle Lauren Evans, who's had a very dramatic week after threatening to quit the show she is now in L.A. for the reunion. Kale has been doing a lot of press this week for Marriage Boot Camp, which I still haven't watched. I think I am going to watch, like, five episodes at once. That's a good call. Or, like, watch clips of it or maybe read recaps. I can't I can't really commit to this yet, but I definitely have not watched the first episode. 
But Kale's been doing a lot of press and basically was like, Janelle's not fucking quitting. I don't really give a fuck what Janelle does. And apparently Janelle sent Kale a text telling her to keep her name out of her mouth. Janelle is in L.A. right now. They're all in L.A. right now for the reunion. The OG moms are there. I'm assuming OG has to be starting at some point. (laughs) So they're probably gearing up for preseason press. Maybe they're doing voiceovers. Maybe they'll do like one. Sometimes they do those like specials where they're all there for them. You know, both Mm -hmm. they've done those specials where the OG and the Teen Mom 2 girls are together. Like a hundred shocking moments in Teen Mom history. Whatever. And... (laughs) Janelle is apparently has demanded an Airbnb separate from the hotel that everybody else is staying at. It's big drama, but you know, the reunion isn't going to show any of it. No, maybe they will. They did it last. They did it last season. They did, but I feel like that was more Janelle and David focused. They're not going to show, I think. I would be surprised if they showed, if there are any interactions between the girls that are negative. If they were smart, they would show that because we all love it. I loved that behind the scenes before the reunion episode they did last year. I would love to see that again. Yes, because I'm like, oh, that's what they really like. Like, I want to see that. Yeah, I don't give a fuck about the reunion segments. But that behind the scenes thing where they kidnapped Jace was... Chef kiss perfect. Oh, it was so good. Even when Kale was like interacting with Janelle, it was like making my mind melt. I love like when Cole had to tell Nathan hi, I could watch 40 minutes of <laughs> Wait, that. Remember when Nathan was like, I'm Nathan. And Cole was like, yeah. we've met. And Nate was like, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, Cole like later to Chelsea was like, Nate had no memory of us meeting because Nate was probably legitimately blackout drunk the last time he had seen Cole at a reunion and really had no memory. And I would also imagine it's hard if you're Nathan and you blackout drink and you see someone on TV because you know Nathan watches the show, but you can't quite remember if you met him at the reunion or not. So you don't want to be too familiar. You're like, did I meet them or did I just, do I just know them from TV? Oh, that's such a good point. There's a whole dynamic to them just interacting with one another yeah. that I want to explore more. And they tease us with it. And just like, give it to me, MTV, because this is really good. Like, this would re-energize the entire cast for me. I know. Get us a Puerto Rico trip! Oh, God! Oh, I am so mad that they did that on OG, which I didn't couldn't care less. Chelsea would never go. That. I... They need to threaten her because she, I don't even care if she goes actually. Like, she, it wouldn't change anything. But the I rest would, of them honestly, together. let's just team up Kale and Janelle because I think Kale oh, would, yeah. Kale would do it. Let's be real. People bitch about she Kale would. not filming. Yeah. And you know what? Kale stomped around for two episodes last season and two episodes this season. Absolutely. But once she, like, finally revealed the pregnancy, I feel Kale's actually been especially open and honest. She's talked about Chris humiliating her, essentially. You know, she's mm-hmm. been she's been pretty open and honest since the initial, like, two or three episodes where she was angry, which you guys know I fucking love watching her stomp around, so what do I care if she's refusing to film? Anyway, I think Kale, because Kale, I think for Kale, money talks. I think she stomps around and MTV's like, look, you want 5000 You want a $5,000 bonus? And she's like, yeah, I do. And she's like, all right, I'll do it. 
I think a Kale and Janelle trip to the U.S. Virgin Islands would be ugh, incredible TV. It would be beautiful. And I also think Kale would do it because very similar morals her and I share with money. It's just like, I've been poor and <laughs> I don't want to go back there. <laughs> and you can give me a free trip because I would do it too. I mean, I would love to go on vacation with Janelle. But if I was her co, you know, I, I was a feeling In the Teen Mom 2 cast, Kale gets the most from MTV money, uh, expenses, trips. I have a feeling with that stuff, Kale's negotiated herself the best deal. For Teen Mom OG, it's obviously Farah. And for Teen Mom 2, it's Kale. I can see that. I'll agree. Okay, but we're off topic. Let's go to Janelle's segment. <laughs> It's Jason's oh birthday, and Barbara had his birthday party last week, but it's his birthday day, so they FaceTime with Jason to say happy birthday, and it's cute, but not eventful, and they decide they're going to have his water, or his party at a water park. I just, Janelle having to Skype one of her children on their birthday is, Stark. as I've said, so on brand for Janelle. So on brand. I, I wouldn't expect. So, the Janelle brand is strong, and it's constant. It's my North Star, and that was exactly what I expected from Janelle. Agreed. I thought, I did have a question. So, there were kids at Jason's water park party. Do you think his friends got to go to two birthday parties, or do you think they were, like, David's sister's kids? I felt like those were Jace's friends. He seemed really comfortable with them and like being himself. So I assumed he was, they were friends of his. Yeah. I wonder if he, if they just didn't bring him a second gift. Yeah. Yeah. He did get, he probably, he got two birthday parties. So (laughs) honestly, the birthday party was so nice. It was so much better that they did separate parties. Not having Barbara there was perfect. There was no weird tension. The thing is with Barbara, I think Janelle can, it's weird. So I think Barbara is better after the fight, like calling her up and be like, hi, how are you? And when they're on the phone, she can do it. Or like just dropping the kid off at the house, she can do it. But I think when Barbara is in a situation like a birthday party, she has to show off. And not show off like Mm -hmm. to us, but like to Janelle. She like peacocks Janelle. And. Oh, yeah. It's weird because in that in that dynamic, in the birthday party dynamic, Janelle's actually better than Barbara. Because she can just be like, hi, mom. Like, we're good. Okay. And just ignore Barbara and, like, completely act like Barbara's not there. And Barbara's physically incapable of doing that and has to remind Janelle what a piece of shit she is. But it's kind of the opposite that, like, when Barbara calls, Janelle has to remind Barbara what a piece of shit she is. So they kind of go they're antagonistic towards one another in completely opposite ways at separate times yes they're like in a yin yang of like repeating trauma to one another but in different ways they really balance one another because at kaiser's birthday party janelle was totally fine with barbara until barbara started being ridiculous and asking her to go on fucking vacation and getting pissed but on the other hand, like, Barbara can call Janelle and want to have a normal conversation, and Janelle's like, you cunt! <laughs> it's wild how they trigger one another. And it's almost like whoever figures out that they're getting along first 
starts the fight. Yeah, I think for Barbara, it's... Barbara just can't, like, hide the... She just can't fucking help herself. Either can Janelle, but it's just different the way Barbara does it. I think Janelle... Okay, Janelle can't help herself in that if she's upset, everybody else around her has to be upset. Barbara can't help Mm -hmm. herself that she can't handle it when everything is, like, calm, cool, collected, and happy. Yeah, that's... I, I agree with that. But Jace's birthday party at the water park was honestly really pleasant. Looked like a happy memory. For all of the shit we hear about how upset Jace is at Janelle's, like, he doesn't look it. I know. That's kind of what confuses me sometimes. But I will say that you, like, even when you live in a really terrible family, yeah, there are you moments to be a kid. Yeah, you can still enjoy them. Like, And we're not I think seeing the some... worst of the worst. We see, like, two minutes yeah. of Jason episode. But he does... He doesn't you know... seem as afraid of of David. Yeah, he doesn't. But, I mean, I guess, like, how would we know? I don't want to say he's not. But, I'm... look, I'm just going to say it. Until Jason's therapist is on TV telling me that Jace has told him he's afraid of David... But here's the thing. I don't even know if we can trust what Jace tells the therapist because Jace knows that the therapist reports back to Barbara because I Barbara screams it. about it in front of Janelle. So is Jace just telling the therapist what Barbara wants here because he knows the therapist is going to tell Barbara? I don't know if Jace even knows what he fe- how he feels about David. I think that kid is so fucking confused and would need to go to like a sleepaway camp for a full year to have any sort of independent thought about his life not because he's stupid but because both his parents like use him as this tool and it's i would hope the therapist is able to dig out the truth in him and maybe he tells a Mm -hmm. teacher but i find it hard to believe jace is telling the therapist things that barbara would not want to hear yeah i I agree and just their their cycle is just so emotionally abusing to Jace and has warped his person. I think it's like warping his own identity and what he feels like he can enjoy and can enjoy between the both of them. And I think that's one of the worst things happening to Jace right now. I think people really focus on what may or may not be happening with David and Janelle and her yelling at them and blah, blah, blah. But like, just like how upset he gets when they they're fighting or like he, completely shuts down and he becomes very vacant and that is like you could tell that's the hardest thing on him yeah it just you know barbara screams at jace too oh yes of course she does we've seen her do it yeah i mean hi i grew up with a dad that was a yeller and let me just tell you like he didn't just yell at one person (laughs) He didn't just yell at my mom. He didn't just yell at me. He didn't just yell at my cousins. He didn't just yell at the person in traffic next to him. He was a yeller. He yelled at everybody. And Barbara does not just yell at Janelle. No, she's, yes, I completely on on you with that one. Isn't an emotionally abusive childhood so fun? I, you know, where would we be? Would we maybe... I don't know, like, uh, stabilized, but, like, how fun is that? Is that fun? No. It's, it's, 
character building. Trust me. I've been character building for 28 years and I feel great about it. <laughs> so we see it's time for Jace to go back to Barbara and Janelle says, next time you come, we're going to go to New York. I'm going to pick up my wedding dress. And Jace seems excited. And she tells Jace that he's going to walk her down the aisle. And Jace seems excited about that too. That was, that was like a sweet moment. I wanted to be happy for them there. Janelle explains she could have left this out, I think. Because she's like, well, she can't you, help herself. Usually, I think Jace, when she said, you're going to walk me down the aisle, Jace was like, cool. Because Jace has like a semi idea of what a wedding is because he's seven and watches TV. Side note, once at my cousin Alexis's wedding, her best friend's her best friend had her children there and all week they told the four-year-old like we're going to the wedding we're going to the wedding you know like getting them hyped and then they were sitting yeah. behind us at the wedding <laughs> he turns around halfway through and goes this is the wedding like so pissed <laughs> i mean but me at every wedding so i yeah, can't it was just but all week they've been like and we're going to alexis's wedding aren't you so excited and then he, like, realized halfway through, like, the oh. boring thing that was going on. I mean, it was a short, it was a civil ceremony. It was super short. The reception was fun. But it was like a kid didn't want to be there. And they were like, he was like, this is the wedding? And was, like, horrified that this was, like, the exciting thing that they had hyped him up for. I mean, honestly, like, I, nothing bothers me more than when someone overhypes an activity to me. And then I get there and I'm like, I left my couch to come to this this is what you did to me yeah i feel you so janelle (laughs) explains that usually a father walks she walks you down the aisle but you know my father's not around which i was interested that's i'm like can we pause this and get into what jace knows about barbara's ex-husband and janelle's father do you think he wonders why he doesn't have a grandfather do you think he wonders about his father not being around. Andrew's never yeah. mentioned in this context. Nobody gives a fuck about Andrew. I was half expecting for Janelle to be like, you know, like, I don't have a father. Kind of you like, don't have a father? Like, I, yeah. I swear I thought she was going to be like, you, you and I are like brother and sister. We don't, we both share those things. Yeah. And then she drops this, this whole little segment could have and should have been left out the thing about the father because it just wasn't relevant. Jace doesn't give a fuck who's normally supposed to walk you down the aisle. He seemed happy and excited that he was going to be included. And she says, it's important because it's like you're giving me permission to marry David, you know? Oh, yeah. Jace Jace literally just had his seventh birthday party. Or maybe it was his eighth birthday party. Jace is eight years old. Fucking relax. He's not giving you permission to do shit because he's a fucking child oh that part i was just like man you guys had me agreeing with janelle for a second and then then she brings you right back like why the fuck would you say it just shows how it was very creepy janelle is how she has no idea about child development how she Mm -hmm. just like a million things like don't put that fucking weight on his shoulders janelle he he was like i don't know what that means why? Yeah, well, then, then Jay says, but how do I give you away? <laughs> Which is why she should have just said, you're going to walk me down the aisle. That's it. That's yeah, all it... she needed to say. But Janelle has no concept of what's appropriate and what... It's just like, it. it's just so fucked up 
for Janelle to put that on Jace, especially if she knows that Jace is upset with David or scared of David. Because, okay, let's say it is, if it is true, Janelle knows. Not just because Barbara tells him, not just because Barbara tells her, not just because the therapist told Barbara, but because Janelle sees David in the way he acts. So let's say theoretically that David is an abusive person. He is somebody that the children are scared of. Janelle knows this. So for her to, and I feel like that's probably the reality, right? For it not to be the reality would have to be, it, it would have to be kind of a miracle for that not to be the actual reality. So for Janelle to put the weight of a child that she knows is scared of David, it's like when Javi was going away for deployment and they kept telling Isaac, like, you're going to be the man of the house. And I'm like, stop putting that sweet, sensitive boy, like, that responsibility. Because Isaac cannot fucking handle that, not for one fucking second. Maybe one, some six-year-olds can, but not Isaac. He takes things too personally. And this is the same thing with Jace. Do not put, don't even, Jace doesn't understand metaphors. You know what I also feel might have, I feel like there's maybe a blend of things happening, but if I'm thinking like in Janelle's brain, if I'm like simplifying my thought process, mm-hmm. Janelle's in the car and she's like, okay, camera opportunity. We can talk yeah. about the wedding. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, well, you know, like I should, I should look good and look like I'm explaining to him. And I think she started to realize she was maybe out of her comfort zone <laughs> of explaining stuff, but yeah. she couldn't stop herself. And she was just digging the hole deeper because I could definitely see Janelle, like, very, not to skip ahead, but with the psychiatrist thing, just to be like, look, I know stuff. I know how to explain things. <laughs> she seemed <laughs> really lucid, didn't she? I wrote down in my notes, Janelle seems very lucid during this conversation. So I think you're right. She was being very, very self-aware. Yes. And she wasn't with David. So I felt mm-hmm. like she maybe felt a little... Um, like not having to focus so much energy on David and like portraying their relationship to the camera. So it was just like, okay, well it's me and Jace time. And like, I, we need to do something. We need to talk about something do you so think, we can like push my, I mean, I remember, I think we've read the custody agreement. Like we as in the internet and it didn't mention this, but David hasn't been on a single film drop off or pickup. He hasn't. It's so agreement. strange. I like it. Yeah, me too. Also, I think it's nice for, like, Dave, for Jason, uh, Janelle, just to be in the car together by themselves because it's a good time to talk. Yes, yeah, I, I am. That's a good call for them because Janelle has a very, 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 you know, um, scary way of attaching herself to other people that are not her children, and she needs to be forced to be away from him. That's well. That's well said. So, Jace, Jace just then does this thing and he's like i don't want you to you and david to get married and janelle's like what and he says i'm just joking i do and i think there are two schools of thought about this i talked about it last week i believe when he said i miss you i don't miss you just kidding and i think he i think it could be either that he's testing what he can say and he does Mm -hmm. not want them to get married and he wanted janelle to be like okay, I won't marry him. But I honestly think it's more likely that he's just eight and is learning sarcasm and like how to make a joke. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't, I didn't 
feel like he meant what he meant. Like, what he was saying didn't really, like, alert anything inside of me. Because he seemed happy and was smiling. Yeah. 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 Janelle's reaction, I could not focus on anything else but Janelle's reaction. Because time time stood still while she tried to figure out what the fuck to say to this kid or if she should throw him out the car. She was like... (sighs) We got. I gotta do something about Should this. I just like, kill she's him like, now? like, yeah. And she's like, not you too. Like, yeah. You could just tell she had no control over it, and she, yeah, like her brain was blank in that moment until he was like, just kidding, for for sure. So I think I don't know. I personally think like he was just telling jokes. If you're around eight year olds, they're really learning yeah. those stupid just kidding jokes. It's very Borat humor not like yeah they my I, nephew used to do that where he'd be like i don't love you and you're like what and he, i'm just kidding and i'm like why would you say that of course yeah, you love me. in second grade is he's in second grade he's still he's growing up but that is really when kids are learning to tell jokes and do that type of stuff and i i really think it was just jace joking but it is possible that he was kind of looking for Janelle to have a different reaction and if she had said okay he wouldn't have thrown in yeah. just kidding but I do think that might be too complex of a thought for an eight-year-old to set that up yeah I that's complex thinking I will I will leave it open like I won't say that it could never happen for Jace like and he has the environment that that would make sense that he would do something like that yeah. but I just didn't feel in that moment that it didn't That's seem what he that was way. trying to do. No, because like you could read his face and he was smiling and like, yeah, he he seemed like like he wasn't trying to put that on. So Agreed. it didn't it didn't read to me like that. I completely agree. So they drop Jace off and Barbara and Janelle have a conversation and she tells Barbara that they're going to New York to pick up the wedding dress and Barbara's like, "Can we stop talking about the wedding because I'm not invited?" Which you know what? Fair point for Barbara. Fair point for Barbara because that is fair why should she have to talk about the wedding with Janelle if Janelle's not going to invite her I I get it I'm gonna I'll take Barbara's side on that one (laughs) and she Barbara tells Janelle that Jace now has a referral for the psychiatrist and Janelle Janelle okay Janelle has an understanding of how it works for adults that adults see psychiatrists to get medicine and therapists mm-hmm. don't give medicine and you shouldn't get medicines like Adderall or Vyvanse or whatever Jason I think Jason's on Vyvanse Barbara said that you shouldn't get Vyvanse from your regular doctor you can I did it was a shit show I was getting a, a, way too much Adderall from my regular doctor but J- like Janelle has that understanding of like the difference between a psychiatrist a general practitioner and a therapist but what she doesn't understand is most kids do actually get their medicine through like a pediatric, their regular pediatric doctor and a psychologist talking. And then if it's more severe, then they go to the psychiatrist and that it's not, a kid doesn't just go automatically to the psychiatrist like an adult does. And Janelle wants none of this. Yeah, she can like, I'll give it to her that that's a complex, you know? Yeah. I'm she was glad right she for even adults. That. Yeah. But she also was not willing to let go of that. No. She was like, that's just wrong. Pediatricians don't know anything about mental illness. And it's like, 
Okay, well, they do. I mean, some pediatricians probably don't, but Barbara's like, no, his pediatrician does. And she's working with a psychologist, and his psychologist is the one that diagnosed him. And I'm assuming... I'm assuming the pediatrician referred him to the psychologist. The psychologist then told the pediatrician what she diagnosed him with. There are Mm -hmm. pediatricians that are well-versed in this stuff. That's true. And I I would like to watch a show. There's many things I'd like to watch Janelle do, but just to hear her understanding of, you know, her medical knowledge, understanding, knowing that she thinks she knows a lot, because of school but she truly doesn't and that was one of those moments I was what else do you know Janelle fill me in (laughs) by the way I just saw something on my phone even Gary and Christina are in LA so they're doing something with the OG people it better be good it better not be the garbage that they usually give us hard agree so we get Barbara's like, why are you yelling? And Janelle's like, I'm not yelling. Or one of them says, why are you yelling to the other? Can never keep track. And then there are fans watching them and laughing. And Janelle's like, get in your car and leave. There are fans watching. And it pans to these two people standing like 15 feet away, just like staring at them laughing, which is probably what I would be doing in that case. Not approaching them, but like kind of gobsmacked that that happened. Calling them fans was, yeah, was a stretch of a concept, but I mean, agreed. People recognize like, us more like it. I was like, yeah, like, and you also have a camera crew standing in a parking lot, and you're yelling at one another. There are just what, like, she just assumes anyone paying attention to her is a fan, which is very Janelle logic, and I loved it, like. I just wanted more of that where they broke the fourth wall. And I'm like, how could could you imagine seeing like all the really good scenes like Janelle getting out of the car and throwing Kiefer's change jar and just seeing other people watching them do that? Live for it. Could you could you imagine how good that would be? I wish. And then our last little thing is Jace wanting to go inside and get like a slushy and candy. And I just thought this was, in, like, significant and interesting because then he was refusing to go in Meme's car and wanted to go inside or go with Janelle. And Janelle was like, Jace, get in the car. Come on. Like, you have pizza at home. And he was turning to Janelle for comfort in that moment. And did you notice that? He's like, I don't want pizza. And she's like, just come on. Go home. You'll have something else at home. It's fine. And he was lo- really looking for Janelle. I'm assuming because Janelle buys him way more shit than Barbara does and Janelle lets him do whatever the fuck he wants Janelle's the fun parent, but I mm-hmm. I did just think it was interesting that we got to see that, which we don't, you know, normally get to see Jace yeah, looking I... to someone besides Barbara, and to me, it just kind of proves, like, yeah, this is, this is how it works. Kids just, they like both parents, and just because he loves Barbara doesn't mean he hates Janelle, never looks to her for comfort, and never wants to not, never... Wants to stay at her house instead of going home to Mimi's or Maymay's, you know, like he loves Janelle. He does. It, it no, completely agree. And it was it was weird to see that because anytime we've ever seen Jace, Jace is always like you said, like she's look he's looking to Barbara. 
if he has to ask permission for something, it's from Barbara. He's never asking Janelle permission yeah. or something. He's never like, hey, I would like to stay with you. Like, you don't see that very often. And never. so, like, he, you can tell he does, like, oh, she, like, he acknowledges that she's, he, um, she's his mom. Like, like, even with, like, my parent, like, I had a very absent parent, and I never mm-hmm. really acknowledged them. Like, I would never be like, hey, I have to ask you permission because you're not around and like when you are around like we're kind of strangers at this point Mm -hmm. so I'm not gonna look to you to like answer any of the stuff and that was like something Jace was doing like he was like okay she she's someone like she's an adult like that I go to and I have to ask for things or like I want to stay with or you know whatever and it it makes it so much less like black and white how we normally see it is that Janelle's a bad parent Barbara's the one carrying him along Agreed. Hey guys, see her the rest of this week's episode. Come on over to patreon.com slash ebpsychos. Love you. Bye. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an emotionally broken psychos Patreon exclusive. Executive producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah DiGiovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos and come on over to our Facebook page for more discussion.